0: Welcome to another episode of South County Health Talks, a podcast series from South County Health. Many people live with chronic back and neck pain, which creates a major impact on their quality of life every day. Here to talk with us about back, neck, cervical, and lumbar pain is Dr. Ian Madam, an orthopedic spine specialist at South County Health. Dr. Madam, thanks for your time. So what is the most common cause of acute back or neck pain?
1: Well, thank you for having me. Um, the most common cause are muscle injuries. Uh, the, the, the data that's out there, uh, available, uh, shows that it's a pretty common ca- uh, common condition for people to experience at some point at their life in their lifetime. Uh, upwards of 80 to 85% of people will have some type of back injury that is incapacitating for a day or two at some point in their life. And most of the time, these issues relate back to muscle injuries now there may be some underlying conditions that people have but uh the root cause a lot of uh, a lot of times are uh muscular injuries that that may have to do with just a muscle pull or strain but may also have to do with the patient's posture and and um their alignment issues and possibly even how much or a lack of core strength that they have
0: so, since most of us will experience back or neck pain over our lifetime, at what point should we see the doctor?
1: I mean, I think that's a great question. A lot of times, uh, people should just take a step back and uh, and get some rest. Um, typically, a short period of rest, um, uh, and that should not exceed more than a day um, of uh, kind of uh, getting your feet up, um, and maybe even less than that, but. Getting some rest, getting some ice, uh, to the, to the area, um, maybe some, uh, anti-inflammatories, although even some of the literature has questioned the use of anti-inflammatories. Um, uh, but, um, as a general rule of thumb, an anti-inflammatory and some rest can help, uh, and, and trying to take it easy for a day and then starting to mobilize. If things continue to be a problem after a good five to seven days where somebody's still having significant back pain, they should probably contact their primary care provider um, to discuss uh, the issue with them and, and maybe be evaluated. Some additional medications may be offered at that point, like a muscle relaxant, to get people out of their acute phase uh, of pain. Um, certainly, somebody like myself really only comes into the picture if the pain that the patient is experiencing is so severe that um, they're they're completely incapacitated for multiple days. They can't mobilize, but more typically, it's when people start to develop pain that that shoots down into their legs coming from their back or shoots into their arms coming from their neck.
0: Okay, so let's stick with that then. For those people that have that shooting pain or are incapacitated, what are the treatment options available? How do you work with patients to figure out a treatment plan?
1: So, I, I mean, we in our office, we evaluate everybody um, individually first by sitting down with them and getting a detailed history of, you know, what happened to them. Uh, typically, x-rays are involved. Uh, oftentimes, people think that they need an MRI right away. Uh, they uh, typically do not um, because an MRI supports a diagnosis that I sit and listen to uh, talking to somebody and doing a physical exam, develop that diagnosis. The MRI um is not often the thing that we need to get right off the bat. There are exceptions to that, but the vast majority of times we don't need an MRI right away. We get an x-ray, we uh, do an exam, and then we sit down with people and talk about some options. Sometimes that might be a short uh, period of steroids, which are really strong anti-inflammatory, and these aren't the kind of steroids that you hear about that sports players take. These are oral steroids that we use for a variety of conditions to reduce inflammation sometimes for people's uh, respiratory issues, the lung issues, um, to even something like poison ivy. Um, we use them for somebody who may have a uh, an early injury where that pain is shooting into their arm and leg and it can be fairly um, fairly severe. So we'll do that, and then once we get that to calm down, start some physical therapy um, as an outpatient, uh, probably the week later, uh, and have somebody work with a therapist for a. a doesn't work, by the time we see them back, we do have other options like medications to control nerve pain or potentially setting somebody up for a steroid injection that can uh, reduce uh, pain in an area. But at that point, before we start to talk about anything invasive like an injection or potentially even surgery down the road, we would get an MRI.
0: So tell me about the advancements that have been made in spine care over the past few years and what can we expect to see in the future?
1: The, the the biggest advancement that we have um, made, in my opinion, is really the way that we counsel patients. And that doesn't seem very high-tech. It doesn't seem very fancy. But spine surgery, talk to a lot of your friends and family, people will say, never have spine surgery. And that comes from a history of surgery being done for a variety of conditions, not all of surgery, we've learned a lot, especially over the past 25 years, who is the best candidate for surgery? Who can we really help? And the biggest advancement that I think that we've made is having strong clinical data um, that's reported, peer-reviewed in the medical research that says, these are the people that we can help with surgery, these are the people we are much less likely to help, and give so that they can make a good decision for themselves. Now, once we reach a decision to have surgery, there is a variety of things that have uh, have helped us uh, do better surgery and surgery that um, reduces the amount of time that people may be in the hospital. It has even moved many procedures to an outpatient procedure, uh, recovery time, um, and that really includes. Trying to even reduce the amount that we rely on opioid medications, similar to my colleagues at Orthopedics in Rhode Island who are doing uh, opioid sparing uh, type of surgery um, using multiple other types of medications to limit the number of narcotics that people need after surgery. We're starting the same thing uh, for the spine service line at South County Health.
0: So, it sounds like it's a constant evolution. And I want to ask you, you mentioned the never-have-surgery perception. Is that a common uh, misconception about spine health? And what are some of the others?
1: Yeah, I think that um, one of the biggest misconceptions about spine health is that spine surgery can fix all types of back pain. There is a very small subset of patients that come in who have primarily back pain that that I'm going to actually have a conversation about surgery um, with them. Uh, it's pretty rare that I can sit down with somebody and say, I can fix your back pain. The thing that, that surgery is very effective at addressing is treating leg pain, sciatica, or treating arm pain that's coming from a pinched nerve in their back or their neck, respectively. Um, fixing the actual back pain a much more difficult process because there's so many different things that contribute to back pain, whereas taking pressure off of a nerve is very reliable at getting rid of the pain in people's necks and back. Now, we still don't jump to surgery right away. There's a ton of options out there that we absolutely both discuss and encourage before considering surgical treatment because the vast majority of people who have that arm and neck pain still don't go on to surgery because they're uh, these other treatments like therapy, like a short course of uh, either steroids or medications that that manage their nerve pain until the therapy starts working and uh, and the pain subsides. So the, the misconception that, that back pain is a surgical uh, problem that can be uh, fixed with a surgical solution is probably one of the biggest misconceptions that I work with patients all the time to say, the the thing that that I want you to to really be focused on as far as trying to fix is is leg or neck pain and if that's not your major problem then I'm probably not the guy to give you the solution that you need um and that's that it's it's all about having a conversation with people and you know I think that that people are people are pretty savvy and pretty smart and if you just give them a little bit of information and present it the right way try not to speak too much you know, doctors speak and present it in a way that people can understand, people can make good decisions for themselves.
0: Well, that makes sense. And it sounds like most neck and back issues can be resolved or managed through medication and physical therapy. And if you could just quickly wrap it up for us, Dr. Madame, what can we do to prevent spine issues?
1: I think that one of the, so one thing is to realize that neck and back pain is of part of who we are as human beings. I worked with a uh, surgeon from Canada once at a a course. We were teaching a medical course on spine uh, conditions, and he said, we in the medical profession have turned something as part of the normal human condition into a disease process. Neck and back pain is part of our lives, and how we manage it and think about managing it is more important than how we, quote-unquote, fix it. The way that we can try to prevent these things is Having, you know, good overall healthy lifestyles. No smoking, because smoking increases your chances of having chronic or uh, neck or back pain. Um, maintaining a good weight and a good diet, because those things will affect your overall health. But then uh, having good core strength, and that's not just doing a bunch of abdominal exercises. Core strength is about your balance and your posture and how you move your body. Uh, doing things, uh, I certainly am a proponent of things like yoga, Pilates. Which you don't have to go spend tons of money at classes on. You can find these things on the internet, uh, very readily. And being attentive to your body. So when something's wrong and not, you know, not letting it go too far down the road before addressing it. And that doesn't necessarily have to be with your medical doctor. There are lots of providers out there that can provide you solutions for your spine health.
0: Well, I'm going to go do my downward dog and my forward fold yoga positions right after this interview, Dr. Madame. Thank you, and thank you for your time today and talking with us about back, neck, cervical, and lumbar issues. For more information, please visit SouthCountyHealth.org. That's SouthCountyHealth.org. This is South County Health Talks from South County Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.